podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the Fantasy Premier League podcast on the Anfield Index Network, the show where you're listening to whom the panel have dropped or have taken in and do the opposite. Uh, today we have our usual guest, Guy Drinkle, joining in. He's in a great mood with his great performance. The one and week. We also the one have... week, <laughs> The one week we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so... As to just a recap, we skipped the pod last week because Guy did well. Uh, mm-hmm. The other guest we have was someone who made his debut in the last episode, Tadiva, who's currently topping the AA contributors, I believe. No, I've lost my place. I'm now in ah. second place, unfortunately. We're oh, all licking okay. our wounds on this podcast today. Uh, I, I can see that. I think you you were confirmed on the pod yesterday or today. No wonder immediate results. You joint top now. You joint top with Petrusian. Oh, okay. He needs to be on the next episode then. Yeah, he cannot last. <laughs> and uh, also making a debut on this podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome Jay Ray. Hey Jay, welcome on Hi. the podcast. Excited to be talking fantasy Premier League and screwing up your league. I wouldn't say I'm the fantasy expert. I would just say I'm your Mr. Average week by week. Oh, you're still better than us then. <laughs> Me and Guy don't even get to average. But uh, we will talk about the greatness of our teams. But uh, let's since we have missed a couple of uh, uh, weeks, so I'm just going to jump to game week four. Uh, so how we will do it is since there has been game week two and three we have done. Uh, Guy, I'm going to come to you. Game week 2 and 3, have you used the wildcard and what is your game week 3 score and team? Um, no, I haven't used the wildcard yet because I thought, well, I, I'm going to brag on this bit and then it'll come crashing down. Um, so game week 2, I got, uh, I think I got 100 points exactly, um, so I didn't wildcard, so I just made a couple changes. I took a minus 4 then. Um, to move off Sane to David Silva and then I moved off Kennedy who could have possibly obviously got a, a suspension and he was playing Chelsea anyway so he definitely wasn't playing so he upgraded um, him to Richarlison. So fast forward to game week three, um, Richarlison got a red card so got me a minus two but I'll, I'll go through my team. Um, Patricio got me three but he played quite well so may, he may have saved his ass a bit longer. Um, Pereira got me two, Mendy four, Trent got me five, Coleman one, Richarlison minus two, Mane three, Salah sixteen, who was my captain, David Silva got me one, great, great transfer that was, and Novich got me five, but he's now got a yellow triangle of death, but I imagine will come to him, and then Aguero got me two, and then there's nothing to speak of on my bench really. Interesting, Coleman is some. Someone whom I've not heard many people picking. So, obviously, there's a reason why you have picked him more importantly. So, um, <laughs> what was it? Total 30? Uh, it, I had 40, but I got minus 4, so 36. Minus four. 36. So, I will come to you again, guy, for mm-hmm. game week 4, but let's get on to Tadiva, who, who did very well when we had the last episode. So, Tadiva, come. Coming back to game week three, what was your transfers into game week three? Did you take a wild card, and how was your performance? No, I, I didn't take a wild wild card. I think similar to guys, happy with my game week two, where I got eighty three points. So I was I was sitting pretty pretty confident, ninety eight points, eighty three points in the second one. Heading into the third game week, I just made one transfer. I took out uh, Southampton's 4.0 Bednarak. I was worried that he was gonna he was gonna get to that that dangerous 3.9 where you can then never sell them. So I got rid of him. Uh, I had a bit of money in the bank, uh, not Braun Stormman, but um, I leveled up to Schlup from Crystal Palace, seeing as one Basaka was 
going to be out. I kept Wambasaka on my bench. I, I think he's still got value there at such a low price. But I wanted to bring in another Crystal Palace defender. I thought the fixtures were looking good. Um, and also Schlupp has been playing sort of left wing. So he's giving you that double, double bonus of getting the clean sheet and getting assists or goals, which he managed to do neither this week. Um, and that tells the story of my game week three. I got 39 points. I had Hart and Goal who had two points. Uh, Schlupp got one point. Mendy got four. Uh, Chambers, who got one point. Salah, who was my captain, got 16. Bernardo Silva, two. Kearney, who I'm pissed off that everyone seemed to want to sell because he's now gone down to 4.9, but he got five points if everyone just had hang on like I did. But anyway, <laughs> uh, losing their money there. Um, Mane got three points. Richarlison, the wonder boy, got minus two. Aguero, Got two, Firmino got five. On my bench, I had Fabianski who got five points, so that sucks that he was on my bench. Uh, Juan Basaka obviously got zero. I had Paltier in there who got zero. And Jimenez was a very unfortunate to only get two. I thought he had a good game. But yeah, um, haven't used my wild card yet. I was super tempted after this week, but I'm sure we'll get into that later on. Absolutely. Just intrigued by your transfer of bringing in Schlub because Van Bissaka was out for a single game. Is it purposeful that you wanted two Crystal Palace defenders? Yes, yes. I, I, I am going to keep them there going forward. I think in the more t- um, games where I can see maybe they, they won't keep a clean sheet, I'd rather start Schlub in the hope that he could get uh, an assist of some kind on the counter-attack. Because they do like to play down that left-hand side on the counter-attack with uh, the ball ending up near Zaha. And Zaha Schlup seem to have a relationship. So in the games where I'm not too confident they'll get a clean sheet, I think it's more likely for Schlup to get the assist than one Bissaka. But I don't I don't see myself playing both of them you know, on the same game mm-hmm. weeks. I'll just be chopping and changing them depending on the fixtures. Also, the worry is they have a lot of options in terms of Albright and Gray. Uh, Richard Gezal they have and Townsend could also play the set if need be so that's maybe something at least on current form I could see why because I actually game week one I started with a double Crystal Palace defense I had Tompkins in as well so that's mm-hmm. something I could see with their fixtures working especially home games there's a clear potential I would actually take a risk and play both of them in a home game potentially yeah, I- maybe I could I could definitely see that. Um it's it's just because my I've I've gone pretty midfield and striker heavy, my defense isn't necessarily the strongest uh well that was the case in game with three, so I I would have been a bit wary, but um I, I had to relook at that. So yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting debate. Indeed. So coming to Jake, so making your debut on the podcast, how have you taken your wild card? What was your game week three like? Yeah, yeah, I have gone in with the wild card. Surprisingly, this might go from after the successful game week two, where I notched up a tidy seventy-one points. Um, I decided to make a wholesale change and only keep two players going into game week three. So I went from having game week two. Uh, starting lineup of Allison, Stone, Marcus Alonso, Johnny from Wolves, Sane, Hane, Keita, Sessignon, Obamayang, Ings and Lukaku. So not a bad turnout for 71 points. Um, however, then a wholesale change resulted in a mediocre 36 points this week. So to switch through what I actually did change, which it was Hotly debated on WhatsApp for the whole week, which I went through about four different teams. I was persuaded to trade in my goalkeeper from Allison to McCarthy, who only got me two points. I've then also gone with Schlupp. Uh, I also put Juan Bissaka in, and I'm going to go against the D, but I'm going to play Juan Bissaka when he's back from suspension and probably leave Schlupp onto my bench. Um, I've also gone Benjamin Mendy, Alexander Arnold, as my other two starting defenders. Midfield four of David Silva, 
Salah, who was my captain, who was my only big scorer with 16. Mane, Richarlison, Aguero, Ings and Morata. And my bench scored three points. Obviously, Wan-Bissaka was on the bench. Uh, Gwen Doozy from Arsenal. Bennett from Wolves got two. And Boric, who is obviously just keeping the gloves on the bench warmer. Whether the wild card worked or not, I actually sat and went back through my points of what I could have got if I hadn't played my wild card and kept the same team. And I would have only got 37. So I've gained nothing but lost the wild card. <laughs> I think you, it's, it's very apt that you're making a debut this episode. To take a wild card and get half the score, it's, 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 it's people like who we need on the pod. Where people are clear to know who they should pick and who should, they should drop because nothing to worry because I took a wild card as well and I thought my team was good. I, I made risky choices, but I thought looking at the fixtures, looking at, uh, I went with kind of, I was over dependent, you over reliant on teams like Arsenal and that has put a dent on my score. So I did, I had a decent game week. Two, I wouldn't say that was something uh, which warranted a game week three wildcard, but I wanted to jump a early wildcard because usually what happens game week six and seven, most teams start looking the same, which means there's literally no differential for you to jump on. So I wanted an early wildcard uh, to do. So the team I lined up with was uh, Ederson as the keeper, uh, who got two. Uh, my I played a back four of Mendy. Who got four, Trent five, Alonso eleven, and uh, Pereira two. Uh, my captain was Mane, who got me six. I had uh, Fraser, who Ryan Fraser, who got me two. Richarlison got just the reverse of it, the minus two. And I had Hazard, who got me eight. Up front, I put it, put out actually Aguero and Aubameyang. So on paper, the team looked great, but they gave me four points together. Uh, on the bench, I had. Hughes, Will Hughes from uh, Watford who gave me two, Kamara gave a zero and Van Bissaka zero. So I actually had five defenders who would play, five midfielders who would play. And uh, my second keeper was Hammer as well who was, uh, I, I believe was injured and gave me one. So I ended up with 42 on a wild card. And it was a team I was pretty happy with but uh, I'm going to, as I think it's a nice way to move into game week four. So Guy coming to game week four, what's the strategy? Wildcard or just more changes? Just, just the one change for me this time. I think uh, doing a minus is... Uh, I should have really learned this last year and every other year. But uh, taking minuses never seems to work for me, so I'm going to stop doing that now. Um, pretty much I've gone from Richarlison to Mkhitaryan because, well, look at Arsenal's fixtures. Good God. And um, <clears throat> I know there were poor-ish against... Well, they were poor against the West Ham, weren't they? But they still scored three goals, and um, with the rumours of Ozil falling out with Emery, Emery whether they're uh, BS or not, it looks like Mkhitaryan may get... He's not. He's always played kind of on the right, but if he, if he gets that number 10 role slash more freedom or whatever, um, maybe, maybe Arsenal's still going to be build, going to start building around him a bit more and then have... Um, well, hopefully Lacazette, because he could become an FPL um, option, but you imagine if they start building around Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang's previous relationship, that, that could work out well. Absolutely. So, uh, just wanted to uh, talk about this Richarlison thing. I, I would bring in everyone as well. So, the one of the things, two questions were there. Whether to take out Richarlison or not, and two, if you were going to take him out, who are you going to replace with? So obviously you have gone with Mukhtar and who else was your choice? Was because the bandwagon seems to be clearly on Walcott. Yeah, I've gone Walcott. So um, you have gone Walcott. What a yeah. guy was Walcott in your thinking? Um, he wasn't really. Uh, I think I did rush into this a bit because I was I was scared of the price drop and and stuff like that. But um, I think I think the fact that Mkhitaryan's always been cheap, but. Uh, or cheap for um, his reputation, I should say. But um, I think if I was considering it now, looking at my squad, I know I only have the one Arsenal player, 
and they have good they have good fixtures. But I don't have a Spurs player. And looking at last night, if Lucas Moura is going to start playing like that, he'd probably be in my thinking if I if I hadn't already done it. Mm. So, so it'd probably be between right. Mkhitaryan and um, Lucas Moura for me. But I think if you if you saw Walcott's goal at the weekend, I mean. Begovic, good God. <laughs> um, so I, I think Walcott's a clever gamble, especially if uh, Richarlison go out, out the team, because I think Walcott will be under more pressure to score. But I don't think he'll be playing a donkey in goal every week. But fair enough, fair enough. One of the things which came out was that indeed Walcott's average positioning was even higher than Tosun. Mm. So that's something people have gone in and he scored. So Jay said he's jumped into the Walcott uh, thing. Jack wanted to come back to you, so you have jumped into Walcott, but is your intention to bring back Richard Lesson? I think in the long term it could well be, yeah. I've um okay. look looking at the fixtures for Everton, obviously Richarlison's gonna get a free game ban. But won cup this week against Robin. Yep. So the two games he is gonna miss, Everton are at home. Um obviously I live and work with a lot of blue noses, so they're quite confident they got Huddersfield this weekend and West Ham. Both teams have yet to score a point on the board in terms of the league position. So, as you say, Walcott is playing a lot more of an advanced role. Um, and he's coming central a lot, which obviously he's always claimed he is a central striker. So I'm going to just lump with him and hope that he stays in this rich vein of form. Um, when Richarlison is due back, though, it is when Everton do go to the Emirates. And in recent history, Everton go there and roll over and get the bellies tickled. So I think I might just take both of them out, like not go back to Richarlison and look around for something that's probably a bit more value. Um, mm-hmm. Pedro potentially, um, if I could switch around and maybe go for Mora if he stays in this rich chain of form, but is he going to start every game? Cause Son will be back soon, and whether Son will come into the contention of playing again for Spurs. So it's with Spurs, you you're only really guaranteed Kane and Eriksson as the and Ali from the attacking points. They sort of rotate, so it's and, a a gamble. And with, and with Spurs, you never know when they will move two three at the back, which means their wing plays clearly dominated by their wing backs. Which means I don't know if Mora will play, even not even coming to Son, but if they Trying to switch the formation, it could be it could be an effect on Spurs as well. Tadiwa, coming to you, you had Richardson. What what was your what's your strategy? Yeah, um, maybe I can just touch off the Lucas Moura end of that conversation, sure, sure, and please. then I'll jump into. Yeah. But I think we have to take into consideration that if you look at the way Moura is playing at the moment, he's almost playing as the second striker, which might help him out more to seal a position in the team, whether they do go to a back three or stay with the four. Um, it seems like he's gotten a bit more license this season than being the traditional right winger at certain points in time. So that could be something to keep an eye on. Um, I did shy away from Mora purely because of the fixtures Spurs have coming up. Uh, I think it's Watford away. Then they've got Liverpool. Uh, both Both teams which have nine points heading into this coming game week. And then Brighton away, uh, Brighton have looked pretty decent this season. So I, I was worried about uh, the fixtures coming up. But look, he isn't good, good, uh, good form, and he could he could do something. In terms of what I did, I, I had a tussle between, uh, as as was mentioned, Walcott. But I I did notice that Walcott, although he's racked up the points, it's been with fewer shots um, being actually taken as well as actually creating chances. He's created way fewer chances than some of the other players in his price range. Uh, I juxtaposed him with Pereira, who has started the season well. He's 6.2 at the moment. Uh, he's playing at Watford, but once again, it was a fixture thing. Watford play Spurs at home, then Man United at home, then Fulham away, then Arsenal away. So his goals might dry up. But you never know with Watford. I, I see them as an unknown quantity this season. They seem to be doing well, even though everything points to them not meant to be doing well. But 
hey, you never know. Well, what I actually did, and I joined Guy in this. Now I'm worried because I joined Guy, but <laughs> now I'm joking. Um, I would be worried. I, I went with, <laughs> <laughs> I went with um, Nikita Ryan purely because of one, the fixtures that Arsenal have coming up. Arsenal have Cardiff away, Newcastle away, Everton at home, Watford at home, Fulham away, sort of leading into October. Now, if, if, if Arsenal can't do anything then, 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 then their fans have to be worried going into the season. But that's a pretty tasty run of fixtures where you're hoping they, they score quite a bit of goals. And also considering the fact that Nikita Ryan has created the most chances of anyone in the Premier League this season so far. So he is getting the ball in the right position in terms of assists. It's just whether the likes of Aubameyang, who has missed quite a few chances, actually starts to tuck them away. And I do think Arsenal have enough good attacking players that they're going to start putting these chances away. Their only problem is defence. And if, you, if you're looking at midfielders and attackers, you're not really going to care whether, unless you're an Arsenal fan, but you're not really going to care what their defence is doing as long as their attack blitzes teams and looks to get the goal. So I, I brought in Kitara and I think he's the likely person to to do the damage in terms of goals and chances created. Uh, yeah, he's looking promising. Interesting. So obviously I'm not one out again. I have Richard Lison and I'm keeping him. Uh, okay. One, because I intend to bring him back. So I don't want to waste two transfers on this. I would rather look to upgrade mid. And other thing which played out was obviously it's not three games, it's two games. And he's a player I don't think is going to be affected by fixtures and all. Uh, Marco Silva's teams will play a good brand of football in this team. And Arsenal, I'm not con- I know that he's coming back for the Arsenal game, but they have no idea about defending. Half the team is pressing, half the team is defending. They have no clue what they're going to do. So I can see him causing an impact. And basically, I didn't want, I, I, my personal view was I had bigger things to fix. Particularly after the wild card, obviously I had Aubameyang and two of you have gone with Mkhitaryan when I have removed Aubameyang. So obviously different thought processes here. So just to sum up before we, we head into a break, I, I have, I'm someone who's not taken out his especially because I brought him in in week one. So I could afford to take his drops because he's not, my belief is at least I'm worst case he's going to be back at 6.5 when he comes back and then Okay with that if I can fix other things. So, uh, before we move on to game week four teams for Jay and Tadeva, I think it's the right time to take a break. See you on the other side. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got... Your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? Okay, welcome back. To the Fantasy Premier League podcast, we, we just concluded a big discussion on Richarlison, whether to keep him or not, and what were the options like. But um, we have talked about uh, uh, Guy's team, so we, I'm just going to jump to Tadiva's team. So, Tadiva, strategy for Game Week 4? Yeah, I've, I've been tossing and turning. I was tossing and turning whether to use my wildcard yet. Uh, as I mentioned in the previous part, I'm looking to use it the week after the international break just to see where the chips lie in terms of formations, how teams are playing. I think teams tend to settle um, around that time. I had concerns going into this week because it looks like the money is in the defenders at the moment in fantasy. 
Um, and it looks like you're going to have to pay to get those, you know, clean sheets and assists. The fullbacks, I think, is quite a prominent um, position. I can't remember the stats, but I do know fullbacks have been involved in a hefty amount of goals this season, whether they're scoring them or assisting them. So it seems like they're the prize assets at the moment. Uh, so I was trying to see which fullbacks I can bring in. Uh, in terms of obviously the, the, the top guys you would look at is Robertson, but I, I already have three Liverpool players and Salamane Firmino. And then you look at Allison, Mendy, Davies, who surprisingly Davies didn't play against United. I'm sure a lot of people would have been frustrated with that. So what I ended up doing was being resolute in saying I'm not going to take the, the wildcard just yet. And I, I, I looked at the, I looked at my positions in, in my leagues and I saw that, okay, I'm, I'm either in first or second places in most of them. And I, I felt I could afford to take, and I suppose this is a taboo, but I took an eight point hit in order to make three transfers coming in. But I do think over the next two, three weeks, I will make that up. So I took our chambers of Fulham and I brought, brought in Alonso. I just think his price is just going to keep skyrocketing, especially if you look at Chelsea's fixtures coming up. Um, I think they've got Bournemouth at home who are going to come out and play, so that gives license for Chelsea to also play. There's Cardiff at home who Cardiff had been looked impressive, and then West Ham away. So I think Alonso is primed to, to pick up a lot of points. And then if you look at Chelsea's defence, I didn't want a cheaper Chelsea defender because... They're not keeping clean sheets. They do tend to leak one or two goals every match, but Alonso is involved going forward. So you kind of either taking him or Aspilicueta. And I just felt you just bite the bullet, Alonso pay what the market rate is going, which is 6.7 at the moment. So I, as I said, brought Alonso in for Chambers. Then I brought in Keto Ryan for Bernardo Silva. Um, the reason I brought in Nikita Ryan, I think we've gone, we've gone about it with regards to Richarlison and who to replace Richarlison, but it, it goes, it ties into the third person I was bringing in. But, uh, Bernardo Silva, I do think he's a solid person to have in your team, but in terms of Man City, I'm okay having with, um, looking into their midfield. There's so many options that you could have in midfield and I couldn't afford David Silva, who I, I would really recommend from their midfield. So I, I decided to just have a, uh, keep the attacker and defender that I have in Aguero and Mendy. And then the last transfer I made was Jorginho coming in for Richarlison. Obviously the Mkita Ryan and Jorginho coming in for Bernardo Silva and Richarlison is just to balance the money for Alonso replacing Chambers. But I did, I did want a Chelsea midfielder. I wasn't sure whether to get Jorginho or Kante in. I literally, it was a flip of a coin between the two of them. I do think maybe Jorginho might get the odd assist now and then, although he might suffer from the pass before the pass syndrome. Um, but I, I just needed someone in there, another five, uh, to balance the books. But so yeah. I brought in Alonso, brought in Jorginho, and I brought in Kita Ryan heading into the next game week. Really interesting changes. We will, when we come to the closes of the pod, we'll obviously go with the team and the captain picks. But Jake, coming to you, obviously you have taken the wild card. Obviously you've seen wild card didn't go well. So what, what was a typical knee jerking or you took time off to think and what's your strategy for game week four? Yeah, it was a bit of a knee-jerk when you look back at it, really. Um, game week four, as mentioned earlier on, I've only gone with the one change, obviously, your free transfer. Um, and it's Richarlison out and Paul got in. Um, again, based on the fixtures, I'm just going to probably stick with him for the two games that uh, Richarlison is out. So he's got Huddersfield and West Ham at home. Um, I am going to switch my team up a little bit and go to a four at the back and drop in Wan-Bissaka um, from his suspension and I'm presuming he's back from suspension yeah yeah, and, yeah he yeah. is yeah so go Wan-Bissaka Alexander-Arnold Mendy and Schlupp at the back um, Palace have got Southampton at home and then they've got 
a nice little run of fixtures up until um, the end of October. So they've got Southampton at home, Huddersfield away, Newcastle at home, Bournemouth away, and then Wolves at home. So I'm thinking there could be a potential for a few clean sheets there. They did look pretty tight against us. Um, they missed one back at the weekend, and I think he could be good for an assist or two with the crosses. Um, obviously, it's not going to be off a Benteke goal, but maybe Saha can get on the end of something. Um, flat midfield four, obviously, Walcott, as mentioned, Mane and Salah, and David Silva, and just the front two of Aguero and Maratha. Um, as the D would also mention, Chelsea have got a nice run of fixtures, so I'm going to I'm going to bear with Morata maybe for two more game weeks because I don't think he started the last game. Um, or I think he could be actually coming in into the team now. Hazard's there and they'll play. They've got a nice run of games at home and away. So if he gets off the mark, he might get one or two. He might get himself into a little bit of form. I'm going to give him two more weeks and then he's getting the chop if he isn't doing the business for me by then. So I, that I is how one, I'm going. I think one of the options also for you, maybe game week four, especially immediately if he doesn't do well, his body is back, so it's a swap for you almost. Yeah, after game week four, Vardy is back in. Um, I've relegated Danny Ings to my end bench. He's just, he was there for sentimental reasons more than anything, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pop him in, I think, when Southampton play at home, because I think that's their best chance of actually getting a goal. Is when they're at home. So, they're away to Palace this week, as mentioned, with Palace's defence. I think he could get bullied there. Um, so I'm going to probably drop him in and out. And at five and a half million as a backup forward, he's not actually the too bad of an option. He may pick up seven or eight goals throughout the season. So, I don't think I'm going to find a much cheaper option to leave on my bench and then bring in as and when. Um, depending you could have on defender. <laughs> like me. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what Cardiff had a striker. <laughs> I don't think Neil Warnock does either. <laughs> so yeah, that's just... how I'm lined up this week. 4-4-2, Sam Allardyce. Yep, perfect. Not bad. Actually, I did that last week and I intend to do that this week as well. So, as you know, I already mentioned clear that I had Richarlison from game week one and I didn't want to take him out, which means that main immediate headache was out. So the option was and what I did was obviously I I made two transfers taken a minus four so I have removed Aubameyang and bought in Wilson I am aware he's playing Chelsea but they, they are going to play one way and don't they, there is goals to be had there is of teams they are going to attack teams there are goals to be had and he looks to be in very good form like the first season when he came in so I bought him in and also one more thing I've done was not, I'm not sure that transfer need to have been done, but I've gone ahead and done it. Uh, thinking over the long term was moving from Trent to uh, Robo. One, because Robertson gives bonus. Uh, every game he literally gets three or two, so and that's valuable points. And uh, my other worry is he's, Trent is already on three yellow cards. And we are playing Spurs, Leicester. There is a chance he, by game week seven, he might already be on five yellow cards, which means he client gets a chance to come in. And then I'm not sure how it's going. Plus, obviously, we are going to be in the Champions League. Uh, so I'm, I'm more convinced Robbo is going to get more games than Trent. So I've chosen this opportunity this time to take a minus four and get Robbo in so that I clearly have a back for, say, Alonso, Robertson, when you start every week in respect of teams. And then between Pereira and Van Bissaka, whenever Crystal Palace play at home, put Van Bissaka in when they are not, put Pereira in. And if there are really bad fixtures from a midfielder forwards, I could indeed play five at the back. So, as most of us have said, points seem to be in the difference this year. So, I've kept options open. The only problem is after making these subs, I'm so tempted to make another sub because I have four million in the bank and I'm not sure what is to be done now with four million. It's stupid to sit on four million, but I don't want to take a minus four this week. And as we have already said, I want to have Spurs coverage, but a couple of things are stopping me. One, fullbacks. In Pochettino team means only one thing. It's it's your uh, rotating wheel of the ball. Pep. That is what literally happens. He's going to rotate with Aurier and Rose. We already saw Rose played yesterday. Tri- so that is a very... Trippier getting an off, which means Aurier 
comes in almost next week the only straight option seems to be vertonen and then or the yeah. other option was i did other option i was thinking about was i have a double defense of city now basically ederson keep to be switched to loris but looking at fixtures it doesn't make sense to get loris in now for ederson if it was say alisson or someone maybe liverpool might concede we could say but ederson has clear fixtures i don't see a reason for him to be brought in as a minus 4 for loris that is the thing if it was free transfer i would con- consider so i have 4 million the options are i could maybe upgrade fraser or hughes but at this moment i'm not sure who to bring in i have 4 million but i'm not sure who should i bring in though ericsson could be a safe show from spurs if you did want to go for spurs i was thinking dele ali he's yeah. cheaper i believe he's slightly yeah, cheaper yeah. than um ericsson but with ericsson you do get the set piece advantage of corners and free kicks about you have to take kicks. Into, sorry you have to take into consideration also if trippier's injured then ericsson gets back on corners and free kicks because trippier had taken that over So that could be a shot for Ericsson if you just watch. Ericsson is 9.4. Yes. And, and if you, if you look at Ericsson though, I think he's one of those guys that's a long-term signing where you put him in your team and you leave him for the season. If you try and play. He's, he's what I would say a Kevin O'Brien signing. Yes. If you try and play him on form, you, you will never get that balance right of when to buy him and sell him. But at the end of the season, he always ends up with a decent return, I think. Out of the two you're replacing, just just keep an eye on Watford's fixtures because they've got Tottenham, Man United, Fulham, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Wolves, Huddersfield, Newcastle. So it's not... I can't see them scoring a shed load of goals against many of them. Correct. I have Will Hughes. And the point is, if I have to bring in Ericsson, mm-hmm. the only option is I have to remove Fraser because I don't have money otherwise. So it's a question of whether I take a minus four over Fraser to get. So if I take a minus four, I could get either Ericsson or Ali. I have enough money to get either, but I'm not sure if it's a minus four with their fixtures, which is Bournemouth. my debate. But Bournemouth have Chelsea away this weekend, followed by Leicester at home, Burnley away, um, Palace at home, Watford away. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, Over the next four or five weeks, but sure. Fra- so does Fraser start every week? I'm not too sure he, if he, he does. does. He, he does. does this season. Yeah, I've yeah. got him on fast track. His underlying numbers are quite good. His his preseason was amazing, and he's someone I had from initial stages. Mm. So it's just that I've got all the price raises for him. So it's someone whom I could make money on. But again, the question is: as first player on a minus four is it needed? Because I think this is a season where we can all agree. Basically, people are going to have Mendy, Alonso, and either Trent or Robert, depending whether you have Salah or not. And basically, those three are going to play every game. And nobody is going to make subs in defense. It's just going to be attack. When uh, see Aguero is firing, Kane starts firing. You try to have money in the bank to switch to Kane if you want, or if doesn't look like happening. But worst case, Lukaku starts firing. You have a straight swap or Aubameyang fire. So. I see the strategy going there, where people are going to come by game week six have the same defense. Everybody has three of these plus Van Bissaka. The only fifth defender is going to change, and that was one of the reasons I said I jumped on the wild card because I wanted to cash in on those players before everybody picks them by game week five six. Because as Tadiwa said, he had to literally bring in say Jorginho to get in Alonso, and I didn't want to do that. So. That was something I thought about. So I have four million in the bank. I'm still going to debate till the last. The Spurs coverage would be great. I was even tempted with Pereira to Trippier, but again the fixtures and Pochettino's rotation, especially with Champions League coming in. Let's not forget the international break. Then the Champions League comes in, and he he's well, the cha- clearly the known to rotate. Champions League draws on Thursday, so maybe if Spurs get an easy group, maybe then you, then it'll be pretty clear that Oriel played the the Champions League. So it, Well, it might get like two a Russian team and then <laughs> whoever, etc. But that might that might be worth waiting till Thursday for the draw. Indeed, indeed. So, so and um, let's let's talk about players again, which we did last time. Players 
who we think people should start considering picking maybe they don't have the money plan it over weeks or wild card so i since we have four of us i don't we have very less time i'm going to give options to name one player it could be the same player so the player i was i was going for and who might pick this week and i'm quite confident is eden hazard i see him as the player who's going to shatter the league this season especially with how chelsea are playing and he's clearly in the forefront he's going to dominate the league and his his value at 10.5 i would say is great especially de bruyne is out for a while so the player who clearly seems to be and he's made his first start and he's going to start games i know europa league is there i i could see easily see villian and pedro playing in the europa league or they could even play say barkley in the europa league so there are options i don't i'm not sure whether europa league is going to be taken seriously people have gone off chelsea because of the europa league thing but we have no idea how he's going to play for all you know he could play the same teams could not so it's till at least the europa league it's quite clear hazard is going to be someone in form so my player to pick over the next few game weeks is hazard so i'm going to come to you jay who's your player you think uh, fpl players should focus on at least let's say looking at the next 3 4 game weeks um i'm going to go with one who may seem pretty obvious to people at the moment but um for his value price I'm going to say Ruben Neves from Wolves. Um, Ooh, nice shot. They played much more their own style and their game against Manchester City and the manager did come out and say that, that that's their template, that's how they play and that's how they're going to go forward. So I'm thinking maybe for this price, I think off the top of my head is 5.1 million. Um, so the fixtures they've got coming up is pretty helpful towards what they've actually got um and his goals as assists um and yeah he's going to play every week for the bargain price if you're struggling to get a fourth midfielder especially if you've got Salah and Mane and a city player in your team you're looking at a heavy midfield of 27 million roughly 28 million um he could not be a better bargain for me really I just haven't got him in my team just yet, so he could be the walk-up replacement. Interesting shot. I actually was debating between him and Will Hughes for my fifth one, but I went with Will Hughes. But interesting shot, Neves indeed. So Neves, study were coming to you, especially since you picked Jorginho and the same price range you're talking about. So was one, two questions for you was Neves in your thought, and who's your player to pick for the next few game weeks? Um, the reason. Uh, Neves wasn't my thoughts. The reason uh, Jorginho trumped him for me was purely me looking at who's more likely to keep clean sheets. Because I do think both of them are the deeper lying, you know, playmaker in, in their teams. But there are going to be times where, as I've mentioned, they're both the pass before the assist. So in most of the games, they might get just two points. But what what won me over is it's more likely Jorginho will get that extra clean sheet point um over the next few games looking at their their fixtures if you compare them. So that was my thinking going into it there. Uh in terms of my sleeper player to watch, uh can I do a one A and one B? <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Um, okay, my one A is a risky one. That's why I wanted a, a another one in behind. I might I might get some some tweets about this. But actually I'm gonna go with a player that I don't have yet, but I'm keeping an eye on him for once they start clicking that I'm going to sign him. And that's Aubameyang because his price, what I'm hoping for is that his price goes down again this week where he's at, he's gone down from 11 to 10.9. And if he goes down again to 10.8, because people are scared of the way Arsenal play with the fixtures that they have coming in, if you can pick up an Aubameyang at 10.8, you're definitely going to make a quick profit on him. They've got good fixtures, and he is a natural goal scorer. It's just a matter of it clicking for Arsenal. And and like I said, I, I really don't care about Arsenal's defense. I know it's dodgy. It looks shaky. We we can all see that. But it's all about once you know Emery, and I suppose this is a difficult thing for Emery to do, but once he embraces that he doesn't have the defense needed to have a cautious you know, season, and he's just going to go gun ho And the moment he does that, it's going to click 
for the likes of Nkita Rang and Aubameyang, and then they're going to just stop, you know, it, it will be like 3-3, three, 4-3, three, three, uh, two one-type games going either way, whether they win them or lose them, but there are going to be goals for their players. So it's one player that I am keeping an eye on, waiting to see when I can pull the trigger on him. As I said, my long-term plan is hoping that for the next week or two weeks, maybe Mikitarain and the others contribute until his price goes down and then he starts to pick up and then I'm going to pick him up. As soon as he starts scoring, I'm, I'm going to bring him into my team, I think. Uh, the 1B for me has to be Jimenez from Wolves purely because he's hit the post so many times this season. Um, he's been involved in everything going forward for them. He seems to be either on the end of it or he's helping in the build-up. So I think at 5.5, he is a really, really good pickup if you're looking for sort of those basement strikers. He's playing every week and it's just he's been very unlucky if you look at his fixtures. So at, at some point, I'm hoping that some of them start going in for him. Interesting two shots, Tendig. Uh, absolutely. If since you did 1B, my 1B was actually Kane because he's one who says, wake me up when September comes. <laughs> so, and with the international break, it's September and so, and Kane is, he's one of those strikers who's definitely not going to be rotated, but I'm going to keep it short, going to jump to Guy. Guy, your player to pick over the next few weeks? Um, well, this one, for, for me, this one can, I'm just looking at his fixes now and, Rather than the next few weeks, you can probably pick him for the next few months, because he only has he only has two bad fixtures till December, and one of them's Arsenal, so that's not really bad. Um, <clears throat> it is. I'm going to say his full name because it's beautiful. Ricardo Domingos Barbosa Pereira. Like he's probably well, he's only he's only picked five point five percent of the time. And I know we were talking about. Um, the money being in defenders and getting Alonso and stuff like that, but obviously getting picked 5.5% of the time. And he's playing right wing at the minute for Leicester. Um, and yeah, they played Amate right back this week. Yeah, uh, they did against um, United as well. And I think Ricardo went back mm-hmm. um, the middle game, whatever that was. But um, <clears throat> if if he's gonna if he's gonna be rotating in right wing, and I, I think. I'm not sure if Danny Simpson's injured or whatnot, but maybe that's the plan with Pereira. Is when Danny Simpson's back, he can play right, right back, and Pereira can play right wing. But he's got, he's got obviously Liverpool at the weekend, um, and we haven't conceded. But after that, he's got Bournemouth away, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away, Everton, Everton at home, Arsenal away, West Ham at home, Cardiff away, and that's the start of November. So, apart from this week, but I'm still probably going to play him because he'll be playing right wing and Leicester are a bit of a bogey team, albeit they don't have Vardy. Um, so I'll keep him in. But I, I think just looking at his fixtures, he doesn't really have a run of bad fixtures till December. And if he is going to be playing right wing, I mean, it, it's just a, it's just a gamble worth taking. And he is only five mil, um, so that's pretty cheap for these for these attacking defenders. And uh, mm. one one for a vo- to avoid for me. We mentioned him in my team, but don't get Coleman. He he's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the same as he was. No, he really isn't. Yeah. Even the yeah. Everton fans who I speak to and work, and they say like, I don't know if his legs have gone. Like he can get up, but he can't get back. Mm. And he's not the, obviously a leg break is a severe injury and. Yeah. It, it was optimism last season. He sort of come back a little bit into form, but, but this season he just said he, he just seems to be either carrying a lot of, a lot over from his summer holidays, or his legs just don't seem to be working going back the other way this season. And they wouldn't be surprised if they do shuffle it about. Even though he was the one who wasn't really targeted as transfers with the changes that Silver made, obviously a couple of centre backs and Digne at left back. Play three at the back. Uh, they could go to three at the back and maybe just put in obviously the uh, Jagielka, Mina, and Zuma, mm. and then maybe switch to a three-five-two. Um, if Coleman plays right wing back though, that might be more interesting. It could be, and I mean, it could if they play the Zuma play on the left last season for Stoke and. He, did, he did with Shawcross. He didn't yeah. Indies. Indy, obviously. Um, 
So yeah, they could do, and obviously, if they leave Jack Jelker in the middle, Zuma and Mina can, with the pace, get wide and covered into the wing-backs. So, yeah, that could be a, an option that they may look to change to, but obviously that would, I think that that would make his hand force through injuries if he goes to a three at the back more than yeah, yeah. a tactical change. Interesting. Uh, Guy talked about Pereira is someone I had from week one. I was actually debating Pereira or Holevas this week, but I'm, I've also seen the fixtures and actually the fixtures are why I'm holding on to the 3.9 guy because I, I want to move from Wilson to Wadi. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, yeah, the one shot was obviously what you discussed was the first coverage. But someone who I want to pick, we touched upon in the first episode, guy, he's someone who is going to score 15 goals irrespective of opposition, form, anything. He's someone, he will not, not do anything, 98th minute he will score. And he's already done that this season, right? He scored really yeah, late yeah, on United. Yeah, against United. Yeah. United, yeah. yeah, game week one, right? So and he's, he's, he's also travelled to England today. Sorry, I'll just mm-hmm. cut you off. Yes. Um, he's also said he doesn't want to be considered for England. Um, so you'd imagine he's going to have a good few weeks off and he's going to come back fighting because he isn't going to be away for the 10 days with England. That's that's an even more interesting one yeah, since he's, he's had a long He's had a long break coming into the Bournemouth away game, so that might be a, a promising sign. The, so that's where I actually I'm keeping the money because... I don't see value in having two Bournemouth players. As I said, I have Fraser, so that's where I have four million. Maybe that's the switch I'm planning next week. Maybe that's one. Uh, last topic, because I think we are almost out of time. Captain for the week. Uh, guy, captain for the week. Your Ooh. team. Your team's captain. Yeah. yeah. Not um, let's have a look. Oh, God. I think I'm going to go Aguero against Newcastle at home. Yeah, yeah. Two I'll years back. We went two years back. The game week I took him out and he scored five. <laughs> Can you like bring him in and sell him again? <laughs> I have him. I have oh. him. Oh, sell him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> See, I sold Aguero. He scored a hat trick this season. So last week I took out Salah. Salah scored. So this week I've taken out to Obamayang. So tell you why you're already late. I might bring because I've taken him out. <laughs> I might bring Aubameyang in for cards. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone so, sign Aubameyang. Uh, Aubameyang scores, you, you know what, why he scored. Because he's literally not looked like putting the ball into the net and he's going to find his magic boots. So, your choice, choice is Aguero at home, Newcastle, right there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even you can't fix him. <laughs> Tadiva. Oh. Famous last words there by Guy. Um, <laughs> I did have Aguero as captain. Now I'm, I'm worried. No, no, no. Um, all, in all seriousness, I think City at home is another beast. Uh, we've seen it over the years. And especially a City that drew a game that, you know, arguably they wouldn't have expected to draw. You know, the no one really gave Wolves a chance, maybe. So I think City are going to come all guns blazing looking to put in a performance to, you know, get back on track. And having said that, I then wonder if... Is there a shout for a triple captain Aguero this weekend? That's for indeed anyone? a shout I, I'm debating, actually. Why the because, hell did no. you say that because, <laughs> because double game weeks, if you don't want to use a triple captain in double game week, the only game week you should use is this. One yeah, Aguero off, at home. After Aguero bad, at home, come, bad game. My only worry is how 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 resolute you could say Benitez team was against Chelsea and Chelsea had a decent attack. And Chelsea were lucky, I would say, clearly. Obviously City are a different specimen as is in terms of quality, in terms of form. But it's we for amongst all others, we should know how Benitez would set up. And that is my only thing. If it was any other Newcastle team, yeah, eyes closed. Hey, come on, you're kidding if you're not picking Aguero, but it's Benitez is my only thing putting me off. So, triple captain, you think that you are exploring that or just thought to confuse everyone? Yeah, no, I am exploring it and I'm just throwing it out, I suppose, for listeners as well. But the reason I was exploring it is purely because of how upset they're going to be from last week's result. 
So there is going to be a reaction. But ideally, I would have saved Aguero for Huddersfield at home. I don't know when that is in the season or you know what I mean? But but that was the game I was hoping to triple captain Aguero, which was Huddersfield at home. Um, if you look at their fixtures, it's... Game week 23, they play Huddersfield away. Yeah, have they played Huddersfield at home? Yeah, the, the yeah that, was the, that, was one. A, that was the one I should have Oh, that was the six. Yeah, yeah, you see? Uh, how can yeah, you, that... how can you ask as he played? <laughs> I took him out and he scored a hat-trick. Is it like you do this on purpose? <laughs> you, yeah, clearly I, I, I didn't check that out. But yeah, you see, that that's the type of game you would bank on on an Aguero just absolutely destroying a team. So may, maybe I suppose the alternative would be Cardiff at home. Then uh, Aguero, Cardiff at home, which is game, game 33. Yes, and it could be a double game week. You yeah. never know. Heading into the end of the season... Chances are City are going to be in and amongst the, you know, the title race. So it's going to be a game that maybe might be looking for goal difference and stuff. That, that's where I'm sort of looking for a triple captain Aguero, but there's a shot for him this week, I suppose, with four. And, and one more thing, it's quite, there is teams like, say, Cardiff, no, no offense, but teams like Cardiff or Newcastle at home. These are against Peppers made quite clear. He's prepared to play two up front, especially because Mendy is there. Yes. And so we don't need to worry about rotation because we were worried. Last season was games where he had an easy game and he would play Jesus instead of Aguero. And I, I think this season he is going to play two up front because he has Gundogan back and Fernando Gundogan can play. David Silva can play deeper. He has Mendy. So I all signs point I could see him play two up front all such games. So I'm not actually worried about rotation. So I, I think it's a fair point that Cardiff home or say, Newcastle home even this week are fair shots for even triple captain. But is your captain Aguro? You have not answered that though. <laughs> yes, he is my captain. He is your captain. Okay. Yes. Jay, coming to you. Yeah. Patrick, yeah. I'm going to Aguero as well. Okay. I just, just don't see anyone else at the moment. Um, Salah, who's, who's going to go with that amount of like easy easy fixtures he's got four fixtures on the bounce now so he could just remain with captain for four weeks um, Newcastle at home Fulham at home Cardiff away Brighton at home on paper Aguero could match up 10 goals easily there so I think That's he's going to see my captain for the next three or four weeks um, because, because the most common strategy has been between Salah and Aguero whoever plays at home captain them because it's yeah. clear they are alternating fixtures Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. So that was one shot. So it's Aguero for you. Yeah, Aguero for me all day. Um, I, the only other option mm-hmm. I did potentially look at would have been David Silva, um, purely for assists. But Aguero is obviously going to be on the other end of the mule, imagine. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sergio Aguero. Not going to play triple captain. For me, my triple captain's always a double game week, round about week 32, 33, so I'll be leaving that one in the back pocket for a while. Indeed, indeed. So for me, I had three captain options. So one was Marcos Alonso Bournemouth at home. He was my first choice, but then I moved to Eden Hazard again. I see him at least scoring once, at least a penalty, if not. An open open field goal. So second, but all of you should be worried because my captain is Aguero. Oh God. <laughs> but, oh, well. Yeah, but I, I could still I could still move to, to Hazard. I, I'm my gut feeling keeps saying Captain Hazard, Captain Hazard. But I've done the mistake once and I'm worried to do it once. It's okay. You could say like I missed it. It's, it was luck and on second time and especially it's home. If it was away, that's a different argument because. I can't even remember when he scored last away from home though. And that is something to keep in mind. Uh, because I don't think he scored away from home this calendar year, I believe. So that is something. But at least at home, I'm going to pick Aguro. Especially I don't have Salah. So it's, I was, I'm just going to rotate between Aguro and Hazard at least for now. So those are the captain picks. Uh, I think we have run out of time. I think it's been a very interesting one. Lots of debate, lots of left field shouts. You could say that 
So obviously next week, game week four, but more importantly, international break, which means lots of triggers of wild cards. And we have, we have at least 31 guys who have not taken wild cards. So potentially it's going to be an interesting discussion. So we will be back immediately after game week four, especially to look at the teams immediately after game week four, how many people are taking wild cards and how people are trying to maneuver the price drops and price rises. But till then, thank you for joining us. See you next time. Podcast Network.